Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. St. Mildred. this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those Mother Mother Mildred I'm at prayer Mother a messenger has just arrived from King Egbert he says it's most urgent One moment as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil Amen My lady? Sir, you have a message for my brother. He greets you and begs you to come to Kent as soon as possible. Is something wrong? Is he ill? The king seems troubled, but not by illness, my lady. But why does he summon me at this time? Surely he knows my husband is away fighting the Danes. I have no knowledge as to his purpose, my lady. He awakened me at an early hour of the morning and said, Ride to Mercia and ask my sister Ermenberger to come to me. And then he added, In the name of God... I will go. Mildred, you will ride with me. Pack only what's needed for the journey. Yes, Mother. Mother, has the messenger given any indication why you were sent for? Not a word, except that Egbert's not ill. What can it be? Surely the messenger must know something. I'll question him. Messenger. Yes, my lady? You said King Egbert was not ill. Yes, my lady. But seemed troubled? That was my impression. Are the Danes threatening? Oh, no, my lady. They raid the coast but have made no forays inland. Has he sent for his nephews? 
I think not. He has been at odds with them for several months. Well, perhaps Uncle Egbert has sent for you to act as peacemaker. There's no use speculating as to the reason. Messenger, how far to the castle? We should reach there by dusk. Well, let us hurry. What's wrong, Egbert? To tell is hard. But to remain silent is to suffer unbearable torment. Where can one find words to justify the deed? What's happened? I see agony in your eyes. If there's sorrow, let me share it with you. They were dear to you. Dear to me? Of whom do you speak? Our nephews. They are dead. Oh, Alfred and Owen dead. When did they die? A fortnight ago. Was it the plague? No. They were murdered. Murdered? As they slept on the Isle of Thanet, where they went after they had quarreled with me. Who did this terrible deed? That is the question I have dreaded. Then you know the murderer. I know. Though I pray to God I did not. Egbert, who murdered Alfred and Owen? Two men of mine who in turn were killed before they could escape or speak out. Oh, why didn't you send for us at once? You should have, Egbert, and not let a fortnight go by. Time has disappeared, and there's only eternity now to think of. That timeless waste where lost souls wander. Oh, Uncle, you're not yourself. You must get some rest. Try to forget this terrible thing. Sleep. Forget. Only the innocent sleep well, for they have nothing to forget. It's better to try to stay awake, for when I sleep, or try to, I remember I hired the two men to kill my nephews. Uncle, what are you saying? I gave the order. I am the murderer. Egbert. At last it's out. My hired men held the knife. But I was the one who plunged it home. Oh, Mother, let us get away from here. Wait. Yes, wait, my child. It's best you learn what men, even those you trust and love, are capable of. It's best you know while you're still young. But suspicion, fear, love of power can corrupt. Peasant and king alike. Did you ask my mother here to boast about your monstrous deed? I asked because sanity was the price of silence. I alone carried the secret knowledge. For the men were killed outright and did not name me Butcher. Peace of a kind came to me when I decided to confess my guilt to her. And then there's the Wehrgilt. Ermenberger, will you accept it? What is he asking of you, Mother? It's the ancient law. When a man's slain, the slayer must pay their guilt to the nearest relative in satisfaction. Blood money. Ermenberger has the right to refuse. I've no desire for revenge. God, you must answer to Egbert, not to me. Accept the their guilt, Ermenberger. Mother, it seems so horrible to accept gold for a human life. I'll leave you now, and you can make your decision in the morning. Have mercy on me, Mildred. 
I entreat you, have mercy. Mother! Oh, we can't stay in this place. Let us leave now at once. Mildred, listen to what I have to say. Naturally, you're shocked by a law that permits one to kill and then go free by payment of gold. God commanded man not to kill. God's world is perfect. Man's is imperfect. Yet in their feeble way, men have set up rules of conduct. There, Guild. Yes. You heard Egbert say I had a right to refuse it. Yes. If I refuse, it signifies that only by bloodshed can the wrong be righted. And if you accept... Acceptance acknowledges the debt is settled, and I forego revenge. Which is better? I'm too heartsick to think of revenge, but must you accept the payment... Not to do so would be misinterpreted by the men of Kent or Mercia. And a blood feud could start, which could go on for years. What would you have me do? Oh, no, no, Mother, you mustn't ask my advice. If anything happened to me before this was settled, you would be next of kin and would have to make the choice. Do you feel Uncle Egbert's truly sorry for what he did? Yes. He alone knew the guilty one he didn't have to tell us. Now, with a soul stained with blood, he must seek salvation. Can he ever hope for that? God is all-forgiving. Mother. Mother, forgive me. You are a saint. Uncle Egbert was half crazy with remorse and... And I accused him of boasting of his crimes. And with pleading eyes, he cried, Have mercy on me, Mildred. If God can have mercy on blackest sinners, who am I to withhold it? Then we shall accept the bare guilt. Oh, yes. Yes, I see it now. Not to would be to revert to an eye for an eye. A tooth for a tooth. It was a senseless quarrel, brought on by drink. Harsh words were shouted, threats made. Our nephews retired to the Isle of Thanet... Then rumors came that they were fortifying the place and plotting to overthrow me. Too late, I found it was not so. Egbert, we shall accept the their guilt. Oh. Does Mildred understand that acceptance means all thought of revenge is forsworn? I do, Uncle. You don't hate me. I'm deeply sorry for you. And all my life I'll pray that God may forgive you. Bless you, my child. Last night, I could not sleep. I rode to the river and looked across the Isle of Thanet. By my act, it's forever separated from my kingdom. Take it, Ermenberger, as part of the bear guilt. If you wish it, Egbert. Once, it was a beautiful place where I would go for rest and solitude. I should like to build a monastery there. I'll build it for you. Yes, yes, let me do that. It shall be as you wish. I... I have only one request to make. Yes, Egbert. 
that continual prayers be offered for the souls of my two nephews. It shall be put in the deed. Look across the river, Ermenberger. There stands your monastery. It's magnificent. The boatmen are waiting to take you to it for your inspection. You're not coming with me? No. Never again will I set foot on the Isle of Thanet. Come. Surely in a house of God you'll find sanctuary from your torment. What you see as a house of God is to me a monument to my crimes. Egbert, don't torture yourself. You are atoning. Ask God to forgive you. That's the only way you will ever have peace of mind. Do you forgive me? Yes. And Mildred, has she forgiven? I'm sure she has. She did not come to see the monastery. Mildred has gone to the convent in Chelles, France, for her education. She's to become a nun? If God so wills. Present, she's not a novice at Chelles, just there for her studies. She's a beautiful woman. She should marry. I'm sure that's not on her mind at present. She writes she's distressed because a French nobleman gives her no peace. No peace? Perhaps then she's in love. On the contrary. But this fellow will not let her be. He's a bold, insolent man who addressed her one day as she was coming from church. Mademoiselle. Yes? Permit me to introduce myself. Charles of Poitou at your service. Why do you address me? What do you wish? The favor of your company, your name, where you're from. You'll excuse me, but I must go. Where do you live? Permit me to escort you home. Uh, thank you, but that will not be necessary. Good day, sir. Well, good day for the present, but we'll meet again. Mademoiselle. You? Yes, Mildred of Mercia. I told you we would meet again. Uh, I don't know how you learned my name, It was but... easy enough. I followed you to the convent. Many young ladies are there for their education. Some of them friends of mine. They told me all about you. I can't understand your interest in me. You're a beautiful woman, so naturally I'm interested. You found life rather dull in Britain... So you've come here to acquire a Frankish culture. Please, will you stand aside so that I may return to the convent? Well, that's no place for you, especially on such a beautiful day. In fact, the convent is no place for you at all. You should live in a palace. With me, of course, and enjoy life. You can't be serious. But I am serious. Yes, Mildred. I want to marry you. You're mad. You do yourself an injustice. Must one be witless to want to marry you? I'm no match for you in cleverness with words, but I wish to be left alone. Am I to understand you're refusing me? Yes. I don't want to see you again. I don't want you to speak to me again. Mildred is a Saxon name. It means gentle and firm. You make it impossible for me to be gentle with you. But at least I can be firm. I ask you to be less firm 
and more gentle. If you're the noble you claim to be, you would detain me no longer. Well, at least tell me why you refuse to marry me. Tell me, even if you feel I don't deserve an answer. I wish to return to England and become a religious. Now, I've answered your question. Please permit me to go. I'll not give you up. You've never experienced love. I'll awaken your heart, and then you'll not want to forsake the world for the drab life of a religious. <laughs> oh, I see. You're telling me this to discourage me. To, to answer you would only prolong this conversation. Very well. Go, but uh, think of what it means to be married to a man of my position. And one day, your answer may be different. in your study. You! When there are much more interesting things to do. What are you doing here? Need you ask? I came to see you. I waited at the church door for several days. You did not come. I hoped you had decided to become less devout. I've come to find out. You must leave at once. What, after climbing the wall and skinning my knuckles in the bargain? See, I shed my good red blood to come to you. Go before one of the sisters sees you here. I have no fear of the sisters. Call them. I shall. I will say you arranged to meet me here. You wouldn't dare. No one would believe you. Well, it would not be the first time the sisters lost one of their charges to human love. They know the power of temptation. And that's why there's such a high wall around this Garden of Eden. Charles, if you have any regard for me, you'll leave at once. Regard for you? Haven't I told you I want you to marry me? Oh, you do me great honor. But I must refuse for the reasons I've told you. I don't believe you. You said you were to become a religious in the hope I'd lose interest. In a moment, the bell will ring. I came to this bower in the hope I would be able to pray for an hour before I became a novice. What? I'm grateful to you. Good. That's encouraging. Now, say that you love me. Grateful, and... Charles, because you helped me to make my decision. What decision? Between human love and love of God. You're the first man who ever told me he loved me. And in spite of your forward manner, I believe you do. Then marry me. I knew that if I were to stay in the world, I would marry, and I was tempted. So, I was the one sent by the devil to tempt you. God often tests those he wants to serve him. Perhaps when I first came to Shell, I was not completely devoted to the religious life. Perhaps he wanted to let me know what sacrifices one must make for him. What you're telling me is that my love helped make a decision. Perhaps. That's irony. Oh, I must go. Goodbye, Charles. Your mother decided to call the monastery Minster. 
She took charge with the idea of staying only until it was completely organized. But she has remained. In the few years you've been away, Minster's become well-known. Uncle Egbert, did you arrange for the Archbishop of Canterbury to receive me into the community? No. When he learned you were returning from Shell, he suggested it. Uh, this is as far as I go. I'll sound the horn and a boat will come to take you across the river. Uncle Egbert, you've never crossed the river? No. Oh, someday you shall. I cannot. Minster's a monument to my crime. Look up through the trees, Uncle Egbert. What do you see? That's the cross on the tower of the monastery. Yes, the cross. But that terrible instrument of torture has become the symbol of life everlasting, Uncle. The symbol of hope and salvation. From it, Christ looked down upon his executioners and said, Forgive them, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Look to the cross, Uncle. Not to the pile of stones on which it rests. Look now. The cross. It seems to be floating in the sky without support. As if the monastery had vanished. And the boat's here. Come, cross over with me. Oh. It was the sunlight which for a moment blinded me and made the cross seem to be floating in midair. Come, uncle. No. Hope and despair torment me with their struggle. And for only a fleeting moment, hope was triumphant. I cannot cross with you. Mother, Uncle Egbert almost stepped into the boat with me to come to the aisle. I've asked him many times, and I've often seen him ride to the river, dismount and look across. Then he mounts his horse and rides away. I think he despairs that God will ever forgive him. What makes you think so? He said as much when I left him. But it goes back much further. What do you mean? When he gave the isle and built this monastery, he asked that prayers be said for the souls of the nephews. Yes. Why didn't he ask that prayers be said for his own soul? At the time, his crime was so heavy on his heart, he dared not ask forgiveness. Oh, don't you see, Mother? At the very start, he despaired. And as time went by, despair became so rooted in his mind, it stifled all hope. I'm sure there's nothing he wants more than to believe God has forgiven him. When that happens, he will cross over the river. No, Mildred, the crossing must come first. When that happens, Egbert will be on the way to salvation. Oh, but, Mother, he has atoned. Remember how he was when he confessed his crime. Remember how you convinced me he was sorry. How he could have remained silent. This monastery The was... monastery was in satisfaction of man's law, the Vergut. Which I thought so terrible at the time. And now Egbert sins by despair. He refuses to trust that God will give him the help necessary to save his soul. Mother, here at the altar for Alfred and Owen, we must 
pray for the soul of Uncle Egbert. I've done so since I first took charge. Then, from this moment, I shall add my prayers to yours. Our Father who art in heaven, have mercy on the souls of my cousins, Alfred and Owen, who were slain. And have mercy on the soul of my uncle, by whom they were slain. Lift despair from his heart. Let hope enter, so that he will trust in you and come to believe, and then to know that you will give him eternal life and the means to obtain it. I ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. In the name of, in the, the, name Father, of the Father, and, and of, of the, the Son, and, and of, of the, the Holy Ghost. Yes, my dear. The time has come for Minster to have an abbess with official standing. Who else but you? No, I'm old. I've written to the archbishop to relieve me of my duties. I've recommended that you take charge. I'll stay on, but not as superior. But, Mother, you founded the community. I took charge because there was no one else. When I discovered you had a religious vocation, I sent you to France to prepare yourself. Mm. Pilgrims are arriving. Oh, it's much too early for the pilgrims. Mother, come to the window. Look. Egbert. He's coming, Mother. He's going to cross the river. He's impatient. He's signaling for the boatman to hurry. Mother, our prayers have been answered. to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greenwood for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us 
in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.